that life is a battle. Life is a battle. We, we are in a warfare. We are in a warfare. And today I will talk about how do you win this life's battles? How do you win this life's battles? Brothers and sisters, we are in a warfare in all areas of our lives. Some of us may not realize it, but it's a very, very serious warfare. Our warfare is not physical. It's not visible. It's a spiritual warfare. You know, God always wants us. He always wants us to, to be aware of this warfare. He wants us to be aware of these threats of this spiritual warfare. This warfare is very real. It's very real. And God gives us, you know, some armaments that we need to use to arm ourselves with so that we are ready for these battles of life. God gives us all that we need to stand against the enemy. Everything that we need to stand against the enemy, God has given it to us. And let me say this to you, please, do not live like everything is normal. Because that's what the devil wants you to think. Do not live like everything is normal. Life is a fight. We are in a warfare. And the devil wants to make sure that you are not aware of that. And he knows once he can make you not realize that you are in a warfare, he got you. He got you. And our faith is a key to our Christian life. And that's what the devil is after. The devil is after your faith in God. Once he, he makes you lose your faith, your trust in God, he knows you have lost the battle. You have lost the battle. We only win this battle when we keep the faith. We only win this battle when we keep the faith. How do you understand about our warfare? As Christians, we are fighting three major enemies daily, every day. <laughs> it's very important. This warfare, it's it takes place every day. It's every day. The moment you say yes to Christ, you become a soldier of the cross. You become a soldier of the kingdom. You, you, are, getting into a, you, you, are, you are getting into a warfare. The three enemies that we are fighting, number one, the Bible says it's our own flesh. Our own flesh. Our own flesh is what we call the sinful nature or sinful desires. Every day, your flesh wants to enjoy sin. It does not matter how old you are. It does not matter when you were saved. It doesn't matter where you were born. Whether you were born, you're a son of, of, a, of, a, of a, do a doctor or a son of the, uh, of the bishop or a son of a pastor or a son of an elder. It does not matter of your position also in church. Whether you're an assistant pastor or you're a bishop or whatever position you are in, you are fighting against your own flesh. And this, this warfare, this battle, it's always there every day. The sinful nature, the desires of, of sin, it's always there. We are born with it. It's there. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Romans chapter 8, verse 7, Paul says, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws. And it never will. So the sinful nature will always be there. And it will always fight against the will of God. Number two, we are fighting against what you call cosmos. The world. The philosophy of this world. The pattern of this world. The lifestyle of this world. The systems of this world. As Christians, we are fighting against. So that's what we are battling against. Look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. The Bible says, do not love the world or the things in the world. And the word world there, it does not mean people. It means cosmos, the systems of this world, the belief systems of this world, the patterns of this world, the lifestyle of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that's what I was talking about, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. All of us, 
all of us, we are challenged by every day by these three, uh, these three entities. Number one, the Bible talks of the lust of the flesh. It doesn't matter who you are. The desires of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and also the pride of life. These three are a great, great enemy to us as Christians. We also have to understand that the third enemy, we said number one is our own flesh. Number two is the world. Number three is the devil and his demons. That's what we're going to focus on today. The devil and the demons. Let me share my, uh, my screen with you. I want us to look at a very popular verse of scripture that we always talk about. It's very, very popular. And that is the book of Ephesians. It's in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13. It's a very popular verse of scripture when you talk about this warfare. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Underline the word wiles of the devil. I'll come back to that in the next few minutes or so. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This is very important also. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Not all those enemies that we are fighting against. Number 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that he may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done it all to stand I want us to look at the uh, NIV version of the same uh, verse of scripture. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the evil schemes. Remember the scheme? King James says, is the wiles of the devil. NIV says, these are, these are the schemes. A scheme is a plan. You know, those of you who are teachers, you know, you have, you have, we used to have what we call scheme books. I used to be a school teacher, by the way, for about 10 years. We, we used to have what we call scheme books. That, that it, was, it was where we, we have the lesson plan, where, where we plan what we will do on this day, what you will do on Monday, what you will do on Friday, what you will do next month. It, it's, it's a scheme book. The Bible says the devil has a scheme book. There's a plan. The devil does not fight haphazardly. No. He has a plan. He has a scheme. That's 12. For our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Brothers and sisters, we are in a warfare. Your life, it's a warfare. We, we, we are fighting this battle of life every day. All of us, there's no exemption. As long as you are a Christian, we have to identify our enemy correctly. The spiritual realm is more real than we think. The spiritual world is more real than the physical world. Let me say this. We all know that God is spirit, right? The angels are spirit. Jesus is spirit. The Holy Spirit is spirit. The devil is spirit. The demons are evil spirits. You, 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 you yourself, you, you are a spirit. You, you are a spirit. You are not a physical body. You are a spirit. And that spirit lives in a physical body. That's why the physical body at any time, you can separate from the physical body. When your spirit separates from the physical body, we say you have passed on, you have died. That simply means separation of the spirit and the physical body. The real you will continue to live. All of us, we are eternal. So. The, the, the real world is a spiritual world. I know it doesn't make sense to you, but the real world is a spiritual world. 
This physical world is very, very temporal. Very temporal. Very temporal. The spirit will live in eternity. The spirit does not die. Your spirit does not die. Your spirit, you yourself, you never die. It's only the body that is separated from the spirit. So you are a spirit. You are living in a physical body and you have a soul. A soul is what you call the mind, the psyche. The psyche. When we get saved, our bodies do not get saved. When you get saved, your mind does not get saved. That's why you still think the same way you used to think before you got saved. Your body will never get saved. Remember when we started about the fleshy desires? Those desires will always be there. Your body will always want to sin. Your body will always want to pull you towards sin because that's its nature. It's a carnal nature. Carnal nature. You know, the word carnal, actually, you know, those who speak Spanish, they will understand it much better. In Spanish, uh, meat, it's called carnita or carnita. So carnitas, that's where the word carnal comes from. Carnita simply means flesh or meat. So when you speak of the carnal mind, or the fleshly mind, your, your body will never get saved. No matter who you are, your body is not saved and it will never be saved. Your mind is not saved and it will never be saved. It's only your spirit that is saved. It's only your spirit that is saved. And this is very important for you to understand. Our mind will never be saved, but our mind can only be renewed by feeding it with new information. That is the word of God. You can only think differently. You can only start to believe something new when you start to put in the word of God. Other than that, your, body, your, your mind will remain the same. You still think the same way. All those thoughts, those evil thoughts, would always be there. Would always be there. All those wrong belief systems will always be there. And we connect with God through our spirit because God is spirit. That's why even when you worship, true worship and real worship, it's when you worship God in spirit and in truth. Because we can only connect with God through the spirit. We are spirit. God is spirit. That's the only way we connect with God. You cannot connect with God through your body. You cannot with God, connect with God through your mind. We connect with God through our spirit. Connect with God through our spirit. You do not connect with God through, you know, this, this uh, religious, they call it meditation. And you meditate and connect with God. No, no, no. You don't connect with God through your mind. You connect with God through the spirit. What I'm trying to say is, the real world is a spiritual dimension. The real world is a spiritual dimension. The physical dimension is very temporal and it is controlled by the spiritual world. Once you discover that truth, it changes your life. It changes the way you view life. It changes the way you view your problems. It changes the way you view other people. The physical dimension, anything that you can touch, anything that you can see, anything that you can feel, all of them, they're just temporal. Look around. Anything that you are seeing, it's temporal. Whether it's the houses, the motor cars, or anything that you see out there, the motorbike, anything that you see, it's temporal. It's temporal. And it's controlled by the spiritual world. And the Bible says we are fighting against what we call principalities. You know, the phrase principalities and the powers, it occurs about six times in the Bible. In the new King, in the King James Version. The other versions, the other translations, they call it rulers and authorities. Sometimes they are written as forces and authorities or rulers and powers. These are evil spirits, these are demons. And these demons they are fighting against you as a Christian. Yes, I mean you. <laughs> you are in a warfare. These demons they are fighting against you every day. And the Bible says we're fighting against the powers. Power simply means the ability, the capacity, the control, the authority, the delegated influence. Those are powers. Satan has powers. The Bible says Satan has powers. And that's why, let, let me warn you, let me warn you, especially uh, those Christians who like this, uh, you know, spiritual stuff or who like to be prophesied, especially back home in Africa, because I know this is very popular. Do not be impressed by the supernatural things and miracles. I know, I know it may not settle well with you. 
do not be impressed by supernatural things, supernatural activities and miracles, because the devil has powers also. The devil can do supernatural things. Just so that's why you need to be very careful. You remember when Moses went to, to Pharaoh and his rod was turned into a snake. Pharaoh's false prophets also, they had those powers to do the same thing too. Not everything that is miraculous is from God. The Bible says these principalities have powers. Just because someone performs miracles, it does not impress me. It does not mean they are from God. We need the spirit of discernment. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. The devil can also imitate what God can do. The Bible says the devil is the imitator. He's like the roaring lion. He's not the roaring lion, but he can imitate. He can, he can imitate himself like a roaring lion. Those of you who were with us uh, in the past few months or so, we, we looked at the book of Revelation, and we have seen how the devil imitated the, 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 the triune God, the trinity of God. Do not run after miracles, my brother. Do not run after miracles, my sister. Run after God. Run after God. Don't run after miracles. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not miracles. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because people are deceived by these miracles. Just because someone performs miracles, it does not mean they are from God. It does not prove anything. Or because he performed the miracle, then it proves, no, no. It does not prove anything. There are God's miracles and there are devil's miracles also. Jesus did not say you shall know them by their miracles. He did not say you shall know them by what they perform. He says you shall know them by their fruits, their lifestyle, their behavior, their love, their kindness, their goodness. That's what you look at. Look for fruits of the spirit, not miracles. Unfortunately, most of our friends, most of our brothers and sisters, especially in Africa, we are, we are so easily moved by these miracles. And later, we get disappointed to hear that the same miracle worker, the same prophet has raped someone, has bribed other Christians, has not paid back somebody. You want, but I, th I thought, I thought he's, he's a miracle worker. No, no, no. We need the spirit of discernment. Not every miraculous thing is from God. Be careful, my brother. Don't run after miracles. Run after God. Some people are impressed by someone who tells them you know, the color of their shoes, the color of the, the size of their shoes. And some of you even tell you, uh, you know, the size of your underwear, the color of your underwear. And you get impressed by that. Somebody tells you your ID number and the phone numbers and all those kind of nonsense. And so oh, he's a man of God, he's a mob, the man of God. No, no. Most of these guys, they're just used by the devil. They're just all out to make money. Please be careful. They even have a consultation fee. They call it the one-on-one -on -one fee or something like that. Be careful with this so-called MOG, the mob, the men of God. Not all the men of God are really men of God. Not all the women of God are really women of God. We have to be careful. The Bible says we are fighting against principalities and powers. The devil has powers, my brothers and my sisters. I'm not impressed by the supernatural. I'm not impressed by people's gifts. People can do things because they have gifts. And by the way, the God's gifts are irrevocable. I'm impressed by your lifestyle. I'm impressed by your behavior. I'm impressed by you living for God. I'm impressed by you giving birth to, to the spirit, to, to the fruits of the spirit. Patience, love, goodness. Those are the things that, that God expects from us. As we identify our, our enemy, as we identify our enemy, Peter said something which is very, very crucial. Now, Peter, in his book, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, as we identify our enemy, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, adversary means an enemy, because your enemy. The devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The fact that there is those that he may, underline, underline the, the word may, it means there's a possibility that he can devour you, and also there are some that he will not be able to devour. We have to make a decision that I don't want to be part of those who will be devoured by the enemy. And the enemy here, our adversary, 
is a devil. This is very important. And I'll spend some few minutes here talking about that. Let me say this from the beginning. People are not your enemies. I've had a lot of people, even a lot of preachers, they will refer to another human being as their enemy. Oh, we protect ourselves from these enemies. You know, your enemies, your, your, God, God will do this before your enemy. What? And by an enemy, they mean another fellow human being. And to me, it speaks volume. When I hear another preacher calling another human being an enemy, it tells me that your, your beliefs are misdirected. People are not your enemies. The Bible says your adversary, your enemy is the devil. And let me say this to all of you husbands. Your wife is not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. Your husband is not your enemy. Your manager is not your enemy. Your colleague is not your enemy. Your co-workers are not your enemy. Your church members are not your enemy. Your neighbor is not your enemy. All the people that you thought they are your enemies, they are not your enemies. Your real enemy is the devil. People may be used by the devil. They may be used by your real enemy, but they're not the real enemy. The devil is the one who, who pulls the strings. They are just puppets. They are just being used by the devil. But those are not your real enemy. The Bible says your adversary, your enemy is the devil. We have to stop calling people our enemies. We have to stop saying this in the pulpit and, and, and call other people your enemies. God says we have to love people. And if, if God's love is in you, you love other people. We are commanded to love people, not to hate people. We are commanded to call them our brothers and sisters, not our enemies. The devil loves it when you focus on the wrong enemy. You fight the wrong enemy. You fight your neighbor. You fight against your, your colleagues because you thought those were your enemies. You hate the wrong people. You hate the wrong enemy. And the devil loves it. And you attack the wrong enemy. The devil loves it when you attack the wrong people. Let me repeat it. People are not your enemies. No matter who they are, they're not your real enemy. We have a real enemy. The real enemy who hates us is the devil. The devil uses people. Our real enemy is Satan himself. Is that the devil himself? He is our real enemy. And, and, and we have to understand that the problems that we have, most of them, most of them, they emanate from the enemy. Whether it's local problems, personal problems, or even world problems. Let me put it this way. The world's problems are more spiritual than just political. I know not everybody will realize that. But the world's problems are more spiritual than just political. Than just one political party fighting against another political party. It, it's more of a spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual battle. And let me come back to you personally. Your, your relationship problems are more spiritual than just personality differences. Let that sink. Your infightings with your, with your husband, with your, with your wife, with your children, all those infightings in your family, with your siblings, it's more spiritual than just looking at things differently. Your office problems, your church challenges, your family problems, your personal problems, they are more spiritual than just natural hatred. Oh, there's somebody, they just look at me and they hate me. And we have never met before. For the first time we met, it's just natural hatred. No, no. It's more spiritual than just natural hatred. It's more spiritual than just differences in the office. We, we are in a warfare, brothers and sisters. And what the devil wants is for you to be ignorant of this warfare. We have a real enemy. And this real enemy, he hates us. He hates you and he hates me. The devil permanently hates us. He hates you with a passion. The devil will never change his mind and love you. He will hate you permanently. He hated you from the day you were born and he will continue to hate you until you die. The devil hates you. No matter how loyal you can try to be to him. Even if you become a devil worshiper, he still hates you. He will always hate you and he will never change his mind about you. That's how much the devil hates you. As we fight this war, this warfare, 
the devil has a strategy. He doesn't just fight haphazardly. He has a strategy. It's like somebody who plays chess. They have a strategy. Everything is pre-planned. He knows if you make this move, this is what I will do. If you make this move, this is what I will do. Just like, like, like a, a brilliant chess player. That's how the devil is. All the temptations that you face, they're not accidental. They're pre-planned. They're strategic. The devil is a strategist. It's just like, you know, when you play soccer, when somebody scores a goal, the coach had a plan. He had a strategy. He knew that, okay, play, this player number one, he will give the, the, the ball to this player number two, pass the ball to this player, pass the ball to this player, pass the ball to this, then he goes ahead and, and score the goal. All these other players there who are playing against them, they do not know the strategy. They're just running after the ball. They have no idea what is the plan. But every ball that is being played, there's a strategy. It's pre-planned. And that's how the devil does it. That's how the devil fights this warfare. He has a strategy. The devil has a strategy. Every morning when you wake up, he has a pre-plan. He has a plan for you. The devil is very strategic. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against what? The devil's schemes. Remember I told you about the schemes? You know, a very good coach would always have a very good scheme, a very good team. They have a scheme. They, 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 they have a plan. And that's how the devil fights. He has a hierarchy of his demons to make sure that all areas are covered. To make sure that all areas are covered Every area, he covers it with, with his own demons. There are particular demons in your, in your area. There are particular demons in your village. There are particular demons in your area, in your city, in your town. There are demons also that, that come after your family. He, he has pre-planned everything. All that he wants is to make sure that you lose your faith. Everywhere you go, it's pre-planned. He has a scheme. And he wants you to be ignorant. He knows if he can live in ignorance, he will get you. All your temptations that Taylor made. Every temptation that we come across in life, it's not accidental. It's Taylor made. You have to be wise. You have to be aware of the devil's strategies. You have to be aware of the devil's wise. You have to be aware of the devil's schemes. The devil can use different things. He can use bitterness. He can use anger. He can use a sinful lifestyle, he can use lies, he can use anything that can attract you to deceive your eyes and your desires. Everything is pre-planned. The devil will never give up on you. And one thing that we have to understand, this is very important, the devil will never make you do anything. All he can do is just to, he can only suggest to you. He can only market himself to you. He can only market it to you and make it appealing to you. Make sin appealing to you. If you're a man, it's, oh, you know what? If you can get there, if you can get if you can get there, you'll be okay. You'll feel so good. You go and you get here. Instead of feeling good, you just feel guilty. And your wife discovers it. Then you get into more trouble. Your boss discovers it at work. Then you lose your job. But when he started, he told you, no, if you can get there, you'll be okay. You'll feel so good. You'll be the best man. No, no, no. The devil only brings temptations. He only attracts you. He only market it to you. And if you're not careful, you fall into that temptation. You fall into that, uh, into that trap. There are so many tactics that the devil uses, the tactics of darkness. He can use your thinking. You know what I talked about? Your thinking, unfruitful thinking. Rebelliousness, death. You know, the devil can use worry. He can use fear. He can use chaos, hate. All these are from the devil. Shame, lies, sin, unforgiveness, anxiety, doubt, discontent. You want, you want the worldly approval. You want people to approve you. Evil deeds. All these things are the tactics of the devil. Brothers and sisters, let's not, let, let's not, be, let, let's not be ignorant. All these are actions from the devil. All these are tactics from our enemy. You need to open your eyes. When you see these things, you have to quickly identify them 
quickly identify them and know this is not from God. These are not godly. The devil can use you know, mental space, he can use your mind as a battlefield to wage this war against us. One of his favorite tactics is to tell us lies. He tells us lies and we believe those lies and we hold those lies, we hold them as truth. We believe lies from the devil. Most of us, we believe so many lies from the evil one and, and we are so rooted in those lies. And that's what the devil wants from us. The devil will present us with a worst case scenario always. He wants, he wants to instill fear. You know, if you don't do this, you're going to lose him. If you don't do this, you're going to lose him. If you don't do this, you're going to be rejected by your friends. Nobody will accept it. You have to do it. You have to drink. If you don't take alcohol, you become irrelevant. If you don't do this, you become irrelevant. Nobody will take you serious. You have, you have, to, you have to get into this. You have, you have to do this because everybody is doing it. That's a lie from the devil. Not everybody is doing it. But the devil will tell you that everybody is doing it. The devil will tell you it's fashionable. And you go on Facebook, you think, oh, everybody is doing it. It looks so attractive. And the devil comes to your mind and he tells you, you have to do it also because you are left behind. The devil can take advantage of your vulnerability and the circumstances and even use people to make you feel, uh, feel worthless. He make you always live a life of worry. That's what the devil does. It's a strategy, brothers and sisters. It's a strategy. It's a scheme. The Bible says you have to be aware of the schemes of the devil, the, the strategies of the devil. The devil instills hopelessness and will rob you of your joy of the Lord. He makes you look at the situation and you only see the worst, uh, you know, the worst scenario in your mind. Worst case scenario. You know, if you don't do this, you will die. If you don't do this, you will get sick. If you don't do this, if you don't bribe him, you'll get a ticket. So what? Let me get a ticket. If you don't pay a bribe, you will not get a job. If you don't sleep with him, you'll not get a job and you will die. And you believe those, 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 those lies of the devil. God is always on your side. Don't believe the lies of the devil. The devil always convinces believers to trust him over God. He wants you to believe him over God's word. He wants you to believe what the devil says. And you ignore what God says. You ignore the word of God. You don't believe the word of God. One other area that the devil uses always is the area of religion. Now, these days, there is this so-called spirituality. Why are you a Christian? No, I'm not a, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a religious, but I'm spiritual. What is that? What is that nonsense? That is from the devil. And the devil will convince you, oh, you're okay as you are. You, 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 you are just spiritual. You're okay as you are. <laughs> you're not okay as you are. You need to be born again. You need to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to look at God as your Savior. Look at God as your Lord and Savior. As long as you have not accepted Christ, you're not okay. The devil will tell you, oh, it's okay. But you go to church every Sunday. It's okay. You know, religion is the biggest deception that the devil uses. He will tell you, as long as you go to church, you're okay. As long as you partake in Holy Communion, you're okay. As long as you qualify to, to put on the church uniform. You know, the church will give you a uniform. and It's okay as long as you, as long as you qualify to put on a church uniform. Don't worry about the salvation stuff. Those things are not for your church. You know, this church does not believe in salvation. As long as, long as you're baptized, you're okay. This salvation thing, it, it's for Bazaar This Holy Spirit thing, it's for, it's for other, it's not for you. It's for this, for those fanatics. You're not a fanatic. You, you can just be a cool Christian. You are okay. And you continue in sin. You continue in sin. And the devil will tell you, don't worry, just continue with that lifestyle. You, I mean, all of us, we are weak. All of us, we fail in some other areas. You're okay. Just continue in sin. And you know that it's sin and you continue in sin because the devil has blinded you with religion. The devil will tell you, oh, we all pray to the same God. You know, you hear the media when they talk about this. That's a lie from the devil. We do not pray to the same God. We are not all the same. We don't pray to the same God. There is a right God 
and there are false gods. Yes, there is a right God and there are false gods. Only one God is the right God. We are not all equal. Religions are not the same. The truth is, not all religions and belief systems lead to heaven. Because the devil will, he will lie to you and tell you, don't worry, all religions go to all religions lead to heaven. No, no, no. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, you're not going to heaven. As simply as that. As simply as that. All temptations, like I said, they are tailor-made. There is no one size fits all temptation. The devil knows. He knows how to, how to get you. The devil, he knows you more than you know yourself. He knows your personality more than you know yourself. Yes, I said it. The devil knows your personality more than you know yourself. He knows your weak points. He knows your interests. He knows your areas of vulnerability. And he will never tempt you with something that you're not going to fall for. The devil is not a fool. He has been in this world. How, how, how have you been? I mean, how long have you been in this world? Some of you have been here for 20 years. Some of you have been here for 30 years. Some have been, have been here for 40 years. Some have been here for 50 years. Maybe you've been here for 67 years. Maybe you've been here for 80 years. How, how, how long has the devil been in this world? <laughs> Since the beginning of the ages. And you think you are smarter than the devil. You think you know better than the devil. The devil knows you more than you do. And he will use what you are interested in to tempt you. You need to be very careful of your interests. You need to be very careful of the things that you are interested in. The Bible says, these are the rulers of the darkness of this age. These spirits, you know, they're the rulers of darkness. Evil thrives in darkness. They rule in areas of darkness. They rule in the absence of light. They rule in the absence of the truth. But the truth of God is the light of God. The devil thrives in your ignorance and deception. Every age or every age group has its own areas of darkness. Not everything that is fashionable is godly. We have to be very careful. The devil always tries to bring something new for the particular age group because he knows that's how he would, uh, he would be able to defeat you. Romans chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. God wants us to live by faith. The devil wants you to lose your faith. The number one aim, the number one strategy, the purpose, the objective of the devil is for you to lose your faith. It's for you to lose your faith. That's what the devil wants to see you doing, to lose your faith, lose your trust in God. That's his main aim. He wants, he wants us to lose our faith and our trust in God. He knows once you lose your faith in God, there is nothing left in you. Because all sin, I'm saying all, underline the word all, all sin is as a result of fear. Yes, I said it. All kind of sin that people commit, that you commit, it's as a result of fear. You are afraid if you don't do it, something will happen. That's all. That's all. If I don't do it, you will reject me. If I don't do it, you will leave me. If I don't do it, she will think I'm not a man enough. You do it because you're afraid that something will happen. If I don't do it, they may not respect me. They may think I'm not manly enough. They may think I'm ignorant. They may think I'm old-fashioned. All sin is as a result of fear. And the devil wants to, to, he wants to take away your faith so that at the end, you remain with fear. You live your life based on fear. And Paul knew this very well. Remember, Paul, he said this to 2 Timothy, to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, very popular verse of scripture. Paul said to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. Because Paul knew that we are fighting. This life, it's a, it's a warfare. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. But most importantly, he said, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. Because he knows all this fighting. The devil is fighting after your faith. He wants to get your faith. He wants you to lose your faith. And Paul says, I have not lost the faith. 
The devil wants you to believe that God does not love you. He wants you to believe that God does not care about you. The devil wants you to be ignorant. Ignorance gives the devil access in your life. When you are ignorant, the devil, he rejoices in that. You know, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says, my people are destroyed from the lack of knowledge. That knowledge, you are not talking about physical science or biology. That's what the knowledge the Bible is talking about. The knowledge here is referring to the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God, the trust and the faith in God. To know that God is always with you. The devil wants to discourage you from reading the word of God because he knows that's where you will get information, you'll get the knowledge of God. He will discourage you from praying. He will discourage you from fellowshiping with other believers. He will discourage you from uh, attending Bible studies like this because he knows your eyes will be open and you'll start to discover new things. You discover his strategies. May God help us and open our eyes and open your eyes. So he starts to realize that we're in a warfare and the devil will do everything possible to blind you. So you do not see that this is a spiritual warfare. Your life is a spiritual warfare. Every day, every day, it's a spiritual warfare. All the situations that you are in, it's a spiritual warfare. We thank God that always you are victorious in him. As long as you stay in Christ, as long as you stay right under the blood of Jesus, the devil can do you no harm. And I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, stay under the blood of Jesus. Stay under the blood of Jesus. First John chapter 5, verse 4, the Bible says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, the Bible says, but thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our victory only comes through Christ. Proverbs 21, verse 31, the Bible says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. The victory belongs to the Lord. Jesus Christ has already given us victory over the enemy. All we need to do is to walk in our victory, to trust in him. Believe in him. Have faith in him. The enemy wants us to believe that we need to fight for victory. Christ has already fought for that victory. We, 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 are, we are more than conquerors in Christ. When Jesus Christ went to the cross and he died for us, the enemy was defeated. An enemy is the defeated foe, but he will continue to lie and lie and lie and lie to us. Jesus himself, even, you know, he gave us authority over the enemy. Look at Luke chapter 10. Verse 19 Jesus says, look, I have given you the authority to tremble on snakes and scorpions and over what? All the power of the enemy. Yes, the enemy has power, but we have more power in Christ than the enemy. Nothing will ever harm you. Nothing. However, don't rejoice that the spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We are victorious in Christ. We are victorious in Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 to 39. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's look at the things that we are conquerors on. He says, for I am persuaded, I'm convinced, I'm convicted, I'm convinced, I have so much faith that neither death, nor life, nor angels. He continues to say, no principalities, no powers. That's what we're referring to. None of those things. None of those things that can overcome us because we are more than conquerors in Christ. John chapter 16, verse 33. Those of you who were in church yesterday, uh, I read this, uh, this verse of scripture. It says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And lastly, I want to talk about the whole armor of God. We'll not have time to go through it, but I'll just list it. That these are the things, you know, go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 to 18. The Bible speaks about the list of the things that we need to put on. 
Number one is the belt of truth in Jesus. We need to, to believe the right thing. The truth shall set us free. We need the truth of God in our lives. And the truth of God is only found in the word of God. We need to believe the right thing. A lot of people who believe so much rubbish. We believe so much wrong things. We believe things that are not godly. We believe so much things that are evil. And that's why our lives is a mess. Because we do not believe the word of God. We have to start believing the word of God. We need the truth of God in our lives. If you do not have the truth of God, the devil will continue to lie to you and you will continue to lose this battle of life. The best place of righteousness, we have to live right. You have to live right. You have to live right. You have to do what is right before God. Change the, your behavior. Change your lifestyle. Live right. Choose for your feet the gospel of peace. We have to share the word of God with other people. You may not have the platform that I have, but share with people wherever you are. You can share with them one-on-one. -on -one. You can share with your family. You can share with your friends. You can share with your colleagues. Share the word of God. Speak the word of God wherever you are. The shield of faith. Remember I talked about the faith. The devil knows if he can take away our faith, we become vulnerable. Any wrong beliefs. We must put on the shield of faith. We must have faith in God. Continue to trust in God. The helmet of salvation. Salvation is very important. The devil will tell you, oh, you don't need to be saved as long as you go to church. This salvation stuff, it's not for your church. Your church does not believe in salvation. And that, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie from the devil. God says, you must put on the helmet of salvation. We need to be saved. You need to be saved. It doesn't matter where you go to church. It doesn't matter whether your church believes in salvation or not. You do it for your own life, not for your church, not for your priest. You need to be saved as a Christian and become a Christian, become a child of God. We also have prayer. We have to live our lives in prayer. Trust God for all that you go through. And before I close, let me summarize what we talked about today. Number one, always remember that we're in a warfare. Don't, don't be caught off guard. God is always with us. You will never win in the physical realm until you win in the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is very, very real, brothers and sisters. Very, very real. And most Christians are very ignorant of this. Most of the stuff that you are dealing with in your life, they're spiritual battles. They're spiritual battles. Unfortunately, you try to fight in the physical realm. That's why there's no solution. That's why you keep on losing. The situation with your family right now, it's a spiritual battle, my brother. The, spirit, I mean, the situation with your siblings, it's a spiritual battle, my sister. The, 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 the situation with your brothers and sisters, it's a spiritual realm. Those hatreds, those infightings, it's a spiritual battle. The infighting, all those kind of stuff with your, with your neighbors, it's a spiritual realm. You have to fight it in the spiritual realm. The situation with your children, they don't just run away. It's a spiritual battle, my sister. The situation with your husband, where you keep on fighting and fighting and fighting, always. And sometimes he starts start to, to decide to come back late, to come back home late, because he avoids those fightings. Your house has become a battleground. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. And you have to fight it at that level. The situation with your wife, it's a spiritual battle. The situation with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever you're related to, your work situation, your colleague situation, your church situation, it's a spiritual battle. Your committee situation, it's a spiritual battle. You have to, to raise the level of the battle to the spiritual level. And you fight your battles up there. In the spiritual realm. You will see how the spiritual realm shifts the physical realm. When you pray and trust God, you will start to see a shift in your situation. You start to see a shift in your family. You start to see a shift in your brothers and sisters' situation. You start to see a shift in your neighborhood. You start to see a shift in your church, in your committee. You start to see a shift. Go into, into the closet and start to fight your battles in there. Those are spiritual battles. 
You have to recognize your real enemy. Your family members are not your enemy. You may think they hate you. They even form some WhatsApp groups and they exclude you. They don't put you in those, on those groups. And you think those are your enemies. My brother, my sister, your family members are not your enemy. You have a real enemy. You have a real enemy. You may not have realized it. That's why you keep on fighting wrong battles. You are angry at your husband. You are angry at your wife. You are angry at your brother. You are angry at your sister because you think those are your real enemies. Those are not your enemies. You have a real enemy. You have been wrong by being angry at the wrong people in your life. You are still angry. Some of them, maybe they wronged you 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Some of you are still angry. You don't even talk to each other because you think those are your enemies. They are not your enemies. People, human beings, flesh and blood are not your enemies. They are being used by the real enemy. They are just puppets. They are being controlled. And, and you have to target the right enemy. The devil is the one who's pulling the strings. Put on the whole armor of God. Ask God to open your spiritual eyes so you can start to see who your real enemy is. And trust God for your victory. Trust God for your victory. Trust God for your victory. We only win this battle through Christ, not through our own efforts. We have to take it to the Lord in prayer and see how God fight these battles for you. Don't put your trust on your pastor. Don't put your trust in, on your bishop. Don't put your trust on your, your prophet, your men of God, your women of God. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. God hears your prayer as much as he hears their prayers. Their prayers are not more powerful than yours. You can pray to God right now, wherever you are, and God will hear you. Pray that God will help you and put the whole armor of God in order to win this battle of life. Pray for your family. Pray for God's protection. Pray for your children every day. Pray for your aunt every day. Pray for your pastor every day. Pray for your colleagues every day. Pray for your neighbors every day. They're not your enemies. God knows your situation. God knows what you're going through. Please, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Because God will never give up on you. I don't know what spiritual battle you are fighting. But what I know, it's all of us. We are fighting something. Don't give up. Please identify your correct enemy. Stop calling people enemies. Yes, stop calling people enemies. I've had a lot of preachers, especially in South Africa. You know, people call other people enemies. They're not your enemies. Your husband is not your enemy. Your neighbor is not your enemy. Other preachers are not your enemies. You, you're focusing on the wrong enemy. The real enemy is the devil. Don't give up on God. And God will never give up on you. Let's pray.